0: on everybody. Welcome to episode 23 of the Everyday Scout. We got somewhat of a special episode format today. Uh, We're going to answer five uh, mailbag questions. They're all uh, really good questions. We're excited to answer them. Talking about some off-season stuff, a little bit of college, um, some hypotheticals. Um, So uh, should be excited to get to that. Um, But before that, uh, as always, I'm going to pass it off to Connor, uh, who will give us the news.
1: How's it going, everybody? Glad to be back. Um, biggest news this week is obviously the Steelers undefeated run coming to an end against the Washington football team. Um, I think this game says more about Washington than Pittsburgh personally. Um, we've kind of known all year that Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh's a top tier team in this league, but you know, they could, they could have lost any of these last few games. Like I, I didn't expect them to go 16 or no, you know, it, it's, It's the hardest thing to do. That's why it's only been done once. But, um, yeah, I think it says more about Washington. You know, the state of the NFC East looks to get better every week. You know, they're still the worst division in football this year. But I think between at least the Giants and Washington, there's some hope in the coming years, especially I, I think Washington's in two years. This is going to be a really good football team. Well, yeah, I I mean, it's
0: all about Ron Rivera, right, and, and yeah. now Joe Judge. Um, the I mean, core getting, pieces there are great. Right, yeah. Like, we'll, we'll get to the Giants a little bit later, but I think, you know, something to note is, like, obviously the Giants had a huge win at Seattle, and, you know, Washington followed that up. So, every like, the Giants are real trendy right now, and they deserve to be. But, I mean, Washington is in this thing. They, they're both five and seven now. Everyone's mm-hmm. acting like the Giants are going to run away with this division. You know that is not at all the case. Um, so it's going the to be Antonio of,
1: Gibson injury really hurts. Right, I mean all.
0: that definitely is a factor. Um, but you know it, it's going to be close down the stretch, um, of course. And then you know just one quick note to all my Patriots fans out there. I don't know about you guys, but I was watching that Steelers game through a very specific and selfish lens as a Patriots fan because I on you know on as you usually level. do yeah as I usually do cuz like I don't want the Steelers to go 16 and 0 obviously cuz you know we want Tom and Bill to be the only ones to ever do that but then on the other hand you know personally I want the Steelers to get the one seed because you know Patrick Mahomes gets another ring here can really start to threaten Tom's um quarterback all-time throne uh so we want to you know pump the brakes on that as much as we can um so I don't know. But 16-0 is safe, but now it looks like the Chiefs' path to another Super Bowl is wide open. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, uh, also Des Bryant got COVID right before the game. A little bit of a weird situation, uh, but that's just how this year is going. Um, and the Ravens beat the Cowboys, uh, showed a little bit of life there. Lamar still can't throw the ball, um, but it is what it is. Um, all right, now. We're going to get to our mailbag questions. We already posted them on Twitter, so hopefully you guys got a chance to see those. Um, But our first one here is, who uh, do you consider to be the top head coaching candidate in the 2021 offseason? I'll let you take this one first. So, you know, you
1: previously just talked about looking through a selfish lens as a Patriots fan, and I'm going to be doing that here as a Chargers fan with the worst head coach in football right now who... Compared the Chargers coaching staff to Pearl Harbor today. So, you know, Anthony Lynn just continues to decline every week on and off the field. There were some reports that I – I don't know if you saw this on the Pat McAfee show, but apparently Lynn doesn't talk to the team before the games. Whether that's like, you know, guys, these are our keys for today's game in an hour or like rah-rah. Apparently he doesn't do either of them. it It's just the writing's on the wall. Um, as Big Cat tweeted earlier today, he said that he's going to be taking care of special teams they're shifting the coaching staff around which is it's it's the death sign of a coaching staff so my answer here is going to be dictated towards the chargers but you know the guy that I'm going to be talking about should be and I think as of after last week's performance by his offense um, is definitely a top 3 head coach to the majority of the league right now at least at least if you're a young quarterback team which it's a lot of the league right now, and that being said, my top head coaching candidate for not only my Chargers but the rest of the league is the Buffalo Bills' offensive coordinator Brian Dabble. You know, I've gone back and forth this season on who I like. You know, Robert Sala. You know, Eric Bieniemy. Um, I don't. I don't think Chargers and Bieniemy are a good fit. You know, Bieniemy not ever calling plays scares me. But you know, obviously he's. Learned some things from Andy Reid there, and then Sala. I just don't think defensive head coaches are what a, a team with a young quarterback wants right now.
0: Yeah, no, like I, you can't. Coach. While
1: I think Sala could be a good head coach, I just, I just don't see it. Like I, at least, it, I would not want a defensive head coach. I'm not saying I wouldn't want Robert Sala. You know, I think he can definitely build a culture or something. I can, I can completely see him. Like I've already talked to myself into him being the Jags head coach, and they're going to have a young quarterback, but that you have to have a top-notch offensive coordinator for that to happen because usually when you get a defensive-minded head coach, you know, the offensive coordinator is the one that gets blamed when shit's not moving. And if you have a young – a rookie or a young quarterback and your offensive coordinator and or your system is changing every three years, it's gonna completely start and fuck up their development. We've seen it time and time again. So Brian Dabble has a laundry list of coaching experience. He's never been a head coach in the NFL, but he has five Super Bowl rings, thanks to the New England Patriots being a part of that staff. And he's also a college football playoff national champion from working as the offensive coordinator for the Alabama Crimson Tide in 2017. After that, he's been he's been the offensive coordinator for the Bills since. And He's fixed. I don't know if he's – I don't know if fixed is the word. But he made Josh Allen good at football. There's not really much else to say. You know, going into this year, Josh Allen was the meme of the quarterback position in the NFL because it's like, wow, I can't wait to watch Josh Allen this week. And it wasn't because he was going to, you know, surprise – like, it wasn't because you were excited to watch – you were excited to watch him play.
0: Something was going to happen for better or worse.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, after the playoffs last year, when you see him closing his eyes and two hand tossing the ball over his head, just it's magical, but you know, not throwing for over 275 in his career. And now he's almost pacing the league in passing yards and is a top three, most improved player in the NFL as of this season. I don't think there's really an argument about it. He has really turned it around. Um, you know, that does come with being a third-year quarterback. You know, he's grown both mentally and physically. But I think between the pedigree of working, you know, the, the tag of being the Belichick tree isn't always a good thing. But having been with New England for such a long time, and then I know he went back to college, but he, he was the offensive coordinator for Bama, and it, it obviously worked with that explosive offense that year when they – I don't think that guys like it, – see, it's so hard because I don't like the idea of repeat head coaches. You know, like I think the NFL has been moving towards – and we, we've seen it with all these young and up-and-coming teams like Arizona and stuff like that. Like there's there's not really – like there's Matt Campbell, but there's not like, oh, like this is the college guy to get. Like just, just stop talking about Lincoln Riley, please.
0: Yeah, no, Lincoln It, has, not it hasn't been this season.
1: But the league is moving towards these first-time head coaches. And obviously, it's not like you only get one shot and if you're fired, you're fucked, you know? Yeah. I don't think that's fair. But when when names like Marvin Lewis and Jack Del Rio are brought up, you know, like obviously Gruden came back. That's kind of its own yeah. unique scenario.
0: Right.
1: But you got to give young guys like this who have proven – to not only develop young quarterbacks, but be a part of the most – this is the most underrated coaching staff in the NFL. Oh, the
0: yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't think it's close. With, with Sean McDermott, yeah, you hit you hit the nail right on the head there. Um, I'm not going to lie. I was very excited for my answer, and you just stole all my thunder because I was also going to say Brian Dable. Um, <laughs> and you just took all my points. I mean, his experience with, with Belichick, with Saban, with McDermott – you know, it's just so much. But as you mentioned, like, the key point here, um, and you got to look at this through the lens of, like, the Jets and the Chargers and, and you know, the Jags even. Someone that's going to have a young quarterback needs development. What he's done with Josh Allen over the past three years. I mean, that is, that is you know, firsthand evidence of what he can do with a young quarterback in this league right now. How he can be that quarterback risk whisperer and develop them. So I'd love to see him with a Trevor Lawrence, a Justin Herbert. I think they could be very successful. Um, and he just strikes me as like a no-nonsense guy, like, um, you know, again, that Bama culture, that Patriot culture, that, that Bills culture that they're, they're building there in Buffalo that he would bring uh, to a new franchise. So I think he, you know, he's flying under the radar a bit, I feel like. Not a ton of people discuss him as the top. I think after. after last week's game, yeah,
1: that's what really pushed them up.
0: Yeah, but I mean, even before that, just like his his body of work is is very impressive, and I just I I feel like I would trust him with a young quarterback, and to lead um a franchise. So I we actually agree on that one. I just
1: don't know, and obviously, you know, and just because you're the most qualified doesn't mean you're going to be a good head coach. But from my point of view, I just don't know why teams would hire Eric B. enemy over Brian apple Yeah,
0: that I mean, may that may sound crazy. Yeah, but the problem, with I, the enemy, is like us from the outside. Like we don't know how much he's doing, like with that can. Nobody
1: does. Nobody except does except so for like, the Chiefs.
0: Right. So you know it's tough, and maybe they're doing that on purpose to scare teams away and keep them. But regardless, they'll, they'll both get a ton of looks for jobs. Um, but we agree. Yeah. on being the number one. And player. I think,
1: yeah, and you know the other guys who have their names float around. I I think, those have to be the top two. I don't I don't really think it's close. Like I think. I think Dabble and enemy are probably a tier of their own.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, you know, and then the second tier, it's not a crazy year where it's this clear-cut number one head coach. Yeah. Person, yeah, Which we usually see.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe front it'll front be Dabble by the emerge. end of the year.
1: Yeah. yeah,
0: a front runner could definitely emerge.
1: Um, but some other names that have been floating around, um, you know, Josh McDaniels. It's the first time this season he's been mentioned. It usually happens around week fourteen-ish that some teams link to Josh yeah. McDaniels, and it just happens to be my Chargers for some reason. Um, I really don't want it at all. Please kill it now.
0: I don't um, see him leaving. Like he would have left already if he wanted no to point. leave. Like he, he would have went Bill's to Clearly Indy. handing him off the franchise when he retires. Um, you know he, he, he would have went, went to India. He really well. He es- worked especially
1: work. after seeing Patricia and. Yeah. After his experience in Denver, I don't think he's leaving either. Yeah. But, you know, like Dennis Allen's a former head coach. He's the current D.C. for the Saints. His name's been floated around. Again, I would not prefer a yeah. defensive head coach extreme, for my NFL franchise. franchise.
0: So in Denver, right? I mean, eh, just a whole lot of meh.
1: Yeah. And then Joe Brady, this is something we've talked about off air, but Joe Brady's going to be the number one head coaching candidate when we have this conversation next year. I'm pretty confident in that. I don't know. If it's Teddy, I don't know if it's a rookie quarterback, but this Carolina team is one of the the best, youngest, up and coming teams in this league. And I think if Brady gets a guy like Zach Wilson, you know, I we're looking we're projecting a lot here, but the league always wants the next big thing, and yeah. I think it's going to be Joe Brady next offseason. I don't think he's going to get interviews this season. Just
0: yeah, no, I agree. He's just a for what that real, staff's yeah. doing. Because he still only yeah. had one big year in college and one good year in the NFL. Um, speaking exactly. of Zach Wilson, though, our next question is, Zach Wilson and BYU struggled quite a bit uh, this past weekend against Coastal Carolina, uh, who doubt them their first loss of the season. Um, how much does that game and Wilson's performance in that game affect his draft stock, in your opinion, and are you worried about him? And, you know, I'm not the biggest Zach Wilson fan. I think he's a good talent. I think he's promising. But, you know, I know you're a bigger fan of his than I am. I'll be the first to say no. Um, I'm not worried about him at all after that game. I think that game said a lot more about BYU being a fraudulent team than Zach Wilson being a fraudulent prospect. Um, Like, he struggled at times. Like, he got himself into some trouble. He was under pressure a lot. Um, But the point is, like, he still flashed. um, He still flashed that A-plus arm talent not A-plus arm talent, but the ability to make throws from different platforms, arm angles. He had one hell of a throw on the last drive, you know, to the far Mm -hmm. I think, to get them to around the 50-yard line. The ball just flies out of his hand, and he's mobile. Um, You know, this it does say, though, like, you know, it does remind you, though, like you want to see him against some better competition. Coastals, you know, I know they're ranked high and they're undefeated. I still don't consider them, you know, it's a weird year to be ranked in college football. No, no. Yeah, obviously it's a weird year. Um, So, again, that bowl game is going to be big for them. Who knows who they're going to be playing now. I wish they had won that game so they could play a, a really good team in a bowl game. But I still think Wilson has a lock to go in the top ten as of now, barring any, uh you know, significant injuries.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree with all the points you've made. Coastal, despite what you think of them individually, this is the, they're the best team BIU has played this year, and it's, it's the least this team has scored. It's obviously their first loss of the year, but um, you know, we, we kind of needed this game from Zach Wilson. It was it was the come to earth, it was scheduled last minute. But like you said, like this this team's only nine and one because of him. There's there's nobody else there for BYU. Yeah. So that kind of gets exposed when you play great talent like this. You know, obviously if he overcame this, you know, not not crazy team, but top-ranked team in Coastal Carolina we'd be having a different conversation right now. Because it, it wouldn't even be posed if we were worried about Zach Wilson, which neither of us are, to be clear. No. But I think Zach Wilson is a very firm – is the very firm quarterback three in this class right now. Just based on recency bias. I agree. You know, I – It's it's really sad because – Trey Lance does have all the tools but and this works for every quarterback but it's always right situation and we've talked about you know there's there's times where you're just like oh that guy's like like when I talk about Najee Harris like Najee Harris is a Pittsburgh Steeler like I can't like you can't until he goes to another team you can't get that out of my head
0: you can't unsee it no
1: and for me that is Trey Lance to the Washington football team. Because I think that's one of the best landing spots he can end up in. Yes. If Trey Rivera, Lance, I trust Ron Rivera with him. Exactly. And that's the tools thing. But Zach, Zach Wilson should start wherever he gets drafted right away, whereas I don't see the same thing with Trey. Yeah. And on top of that, you know, just the further and further we get away from that showcase game, which was not – it's just that's flat out not good scary. for Trey Lance. It was, was bad. Scary. Um but it's it's grain of salt, like it's one game, but it's it's just too much unknown in an NFL season like this, and to whatever the off season is going to look like. Where it it is recency bias, but like it's valid at this point to have Zach Wilson above Trey Lance. Um, right.
0: Yeah, like I, mean, I said, Wilson my dream.
1: My dream for Zach Wilson is to go to Carolina.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, At the beginning of the season, I wanted Carolina to tank for Trevor because I wanted to see Lawrence for Joe Brady, but Zach Wilson would fill in there just fine. That would be exciting. Uh, so we agree Do on you, that relatively Really simple. quickly. Yep. So as of right now, it's Jacksonville, which it, it's likely going to be.
1: Do you think there's – there's obviously a conversation, but what are the chances that Zach Wilson ends up going before Justin Fields, percentage-wise?
0: 5%, 10%? Oh, like, no, way more. Not even? More? Way more. Way more. 25 I know they're
1: very close in your mind. <laughs> I mean, because
0: The thing is, every year we forget how much things change in such a short yes. amount we're, of time. Yes, we're extremely
1: early right now.
0: Like, example, you know, one, 2019, right, the Baker-Josh Allen-Darnold class. Baker was not considered – to go number one until like days before the draft his stock shot up I'm not saying that happens every year but it can I think in general all the quarterback stocks go up and we'll get to that in a few questions and uh more broadly but I think there's a very significant chance um because I I know we both don't love fields that much um yeah so I I think there's a very significant chance, twenty five thirty percent. Like who knows? Because a lot can change. Um, and and Wilson is the more pure, uh, you know, thrower of the football, which is ultimately what it comes down to. Um, yeah, and and yeah. next
1: year, I wouldn't be surprised if this isn't career projection whatsoever, because you know, Trevor Lawrence exists, but it wouldn't surprise me, based on the current ranges if that's how it ends up being that Zach Wilson ends up being the best rookie quarterback next season just cuz you know based on where they're all going i mean aside i i love washington but i don't love trey lance playing in his first yeah. season you know the jets have been drafting well so we'll see there but the own 16 head coach uncertainty like yeah. all all these quarterbacks where they're going like at least out of the top four or five like one of them is going to end up with a team that doesn't have a new head coach yeah and that's that's crucial to their development obviously if they're a rookie and their head coach they can grow together but if a if a system and a foundation is already in place for that team a la the carolina panthers it's the best spot to be in as a young quarterback it's not even close
0: yep i definitely agree there um all right our next question here is which up-and-coming team has a brighter future, the Miami Dolphins or the New York Giants? Um, you know, this is a little bit of a trick question, I think, because I think the obvious answer is the Dolphins. They have much better personnel right now. They're much better right now. But the thing is – They're both is, playoff teams right now. They're both playoff teams right now. But the, the thing is here with the Giants, you know, they have a much clearer path to cons- – Success. Cons- assured success in their division with the NFC East than the Dolphins do in the AFC East. So like who is the better team might be one thing, but I mean, this division for the next few years is wide open in the NFC East. If the Giants and Joe Judge can really build something there in the next couple years, they can start to, you know, run that show a little bit. And the Dolphins, like I love the Dolphins. I love what Brian Flores has been doing, but you know, you got the Bills there with Sean McDermott, who have looked really good. You got Trevor yeah. Lawrence coming into the, the division soon. And Bill Belichick has not yet retired and will always be a threat to win the division as long as he coaches. So the Dolphins are the better team. I think they will be the better team for the next couple of years because the Giants still need a new quarterback, in my opinion. But the Giants could, you know, they have a, they have a clear path.
1: So is your answer the Giants?
0: Yes. My, my answer is the Giants because of the lens that I view the question through. Okay, because mine is the Dolphins. And I don't,
1: like, I didn't really have to think twice about this. You know, obviously, Miami's the better team right now. And Tula still does have a question mark next to his name between the performance and the injury. You know, like, some people don't think he should be viewed in that lens. Like, yeah, he's obviously the franchise quarterback, but you, you never know.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's not uh, in a tough break, though, because, like, again, he's he late because of that injury. And Herbert and Burrow were so good. Like if He, Herbert also, and Burrow got, he also got
1: pulled in a game-winning situation because no, I didn't think he
0: could do it. Right, because – but, like, the thing is, like, if Herbert and Burrow weren't in that draft class, like, the numbers and performances two have been – has been putting up would be fine. Like, no one would have an issue he with them. He's, like, three they games under 100 like, passing yards. Okay, but just because he hasn't popped – I know he hasn't looked great, but still, I mean, we're because we're – just sub- I'm just saying, it's a question mark. It's oh, not no, a bold a question mark. Question mark. But I mean, we got to remember, we're comparing them to Herbert and Burr. Yes. But
1: this Miami Dolphins team has a better roster right now. They have a, in my opinion, a top five head coach in football in Brian Flores. And they, outside of the Jaguars, have the most draft capital in this upcoming class. Yeah. I don't really know what the Giants have that's better. Right. Like I. No, no, I no, guess, we guess do the division. The like I guess it's the division. division. But at the same time, a healthy
0: Dak, that Cowboy team wins a division every year, that, barring unforeseen
1: circumstances.
0: A healthy Dak. They didn't win it last year with a healthy Dak. And the division well, the Eagles. The
1: Eagles, good. the Eagles are by far in the worst spot in that division.
0: Yeah, I like. The team Cowboys is fun no now, now, but, up but up I don't trust.
1: Nothing against the Cowboys. The Cowboys or or not the Cowboys, excuse me. The Giants are fun right now, but I don't did get them a camp draft. I like I like Washington better than the Giants the next few years in that division. That might be crazy to say now. But I don't like I just between these two I think it's Miami and I don't think it's close. And I, I would even take Washington over the Giants the next few years.
0: Interesting, interesting opinion. Um I think you know and, I, and I, neither
1: of those teams have quarterbacks right now. Yeah, it, it'll and be and the Giants.
0: I'm curious to see how much you know um, power Joe Judge has um, in you know persuading Dave Gettleman to you know take players that he wants to coach. Um, and the sad thing is about the Giants, I do think we've turned the corner
1: on Judge because we were very skeptical to start. I think he's, I think he's the guy there. I don't get, – Gettleman still sucks, and the sad truth is you can't fire a GM without firing a head coach. It's unheard of. I'm not saying Gettleman's going to get fired because right now this team's a playoff team. But based on what we've seen this season, Judge is fine. Gettleman could still fuck things up, and it might yeah. just
0: get both of them clipped, sadly. No, you're right. You're right. Um, all right. A little bit of disagreement there. Now, number four, how many quarterbacks will be taken in the first round of the 2021 NFL draft? Um, I'll go to you on this one first.
1: So, I don't – obviously, we're still very young. But this is the first time in I don't know how long. I I guess the 2019 draft, we did have five quarterbacks go in the first round. But I think there's ultimately six quarterbacks that are going in this first round, and then I couldn't even begin to tell you who the seventh quarterback is. But not even looking at the rosters right now and in the, in the cap situations, off the top of my head, there's at least 10 teams that don't know who their starting quarterback is for next season. Quarterbacks rise anyway, but... It's we're at that weird point in the history of the NFL where there's a changing of the guard, a passing of the torch, where all of these Hall of Famers, we don't like it's Drew Brees' last year. Taysom hill has been fine. Is he their starting quarterback next year? He's under contract. He's 31 years old and just threw his first career passing touchdown last week. And that that's the teams at the back of the round. I mean, just off the top of my head, like there's gonna be four quarterbacks going in the top ten. Yeah. You know, you're um, looking at the draft. I mean, the Jets, the Jags, I, Miami's a wild card to take a quarterback, and they have, the, they have the capital move up anywhere outside of the first pick if they wanted to. Dallas, Jerry could just go nuts and let Dak walk, it, who says he doesn't. Who Nobody knows what he's – he doesn't even know what he's going to do. Philly has the seventh pick right now. Philly might draft a quarterback. They they They're pretty – obligated to Wentz and we'll talk about that coming up but they have a question mark at the quarterback position Carolina Atlanta Washington Denver Detroit Chicago yeah San Francisco the Raiders the Patriots the Giants like it it's half the league
0: yeah um I mean the thing is like as you said like quarterbacks rise as we get closer to the draft um and I agree, I think there will be six in the end that go in the first round. And it's weird though, because there's a lot, like there's a lot of guys that'll go in the first round, as we said, six. Um, but yeah, as you mentioned, after that I don't think
1: that's gonna change, by the way. Yeah, I no, think it's a yeah, very I don't firm think six. Change either. I
0: think it's a firm six because like I don't see a seventh or eighth or ninth guy right now who I can even imagine. His stock a few times in NFL
1: run. history quarterbacks that don't go in the first round
0: end up being good. No, no, it's, it's not even that. Like what is Brock Purdy gonna shoot into the first round? Is Yeah is, does Desmond Ritter declare and no, go in the third? That's not that's not happening. However, I think it'll stay firm at six, but I think they're all gone in the top sixteen in the first half of the first round. This and that includes There's gonna be a lot go. of
1: movement. There's People a move lot up. of movement in this yeah. draft.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of teams with a lot of capital this year. Um, so I think it'll be well, six. But all also
1: the the Team teams like my team and the Chargers who have their quarterback situation figured out and are picking early, like, a lot of teams are going to want to not only trade back, but secure picks in next year's draft. Oh, oh, yeah. And hopefully the real world and the football world are a little more right understandable, you know, like – We don't have to worry
0: about prospects
1: that didn't play football this season. Yeah. But just like I
0: said, there's going to be some teams that get a king's ransom for their top six pick, like the Chargers. How many quarterback rooms are secure right now? Like, Uh,
1: 10? 10? Like, 10 teams don't need to draft a quarterback this year?
0: Yeah, but, like, I, I mean, like, the Raiders aren't taking a guy in the first round. though. like They could. Like sure you could, but Derek Carr's played well. Like you can't tell. Like, like there's a lot of teams. Not the last played. two weeks, but he has
1: had a very good season overall. Yes. Yeah.
0: So like I like, it still takes a lot to take a guy in the first round, especially moving up for him. Like a lot of these. This teams is I would have to do. This is by far going
1: to be the most interesting draft we've ever seen, and I don't think it's close. It's the combination of I don't half the top fifty prospects didn't play. Or only played partially this season. Like Rashad Bateman's opted out twice. <laughs> um, you know we have yeah. quarterbacks who didn't play, um, and on top of all that, there's there's six quarterbacks who, you know, Mac Jones, debatable. Everybody's kind of split on Mac Jones. Even mm-hmm. he's going to be Heisman finalist probably, but all these guys deserve to go in the first round. And I don't even know where to sh- – like, it's kind of a give and a take because I just said, you know, teams are going to want these 2022 picks. But, like, who the hell is quarterback one for next year? That's where – You be determined. <laughs> that's where <laughs> I think teams, like, if Vegas doesn't make the playoffs and Gruden's sitting there and
0: he's like, who the – because you don't want to oh, be you have in a situation. Years. Yeah, no, I see what you're saying. You don't want
1: to – you don't want to have to be – sorry, Daniel Jones – you don't want to have to be like the Giants or the Redskins. And you're like, yeah, we got Dwayne Haskins. He's the best quarterback in this class. But if Dwayne Haskins was in this year's quarterback class, he's the QB 7. Yeah. You don't want to have to w- wait to draft a quarterback. It's better to draft a quarterback a year early than three years late because you're already going to be fired by the time you get him. Yeah. No. no That's where definitely. the Raiders – Kirk Cousins has played the best football of his career this year. Nobody has talked about that, by the way
0: you know always a month ago at the end of the regular season though.
1: he does he does but they're on a they're on a win streak they might sneak into the playoffs but you know we were talking about teams like even Minnesota and Vegas drafting quarterbacks you know like just Tampa Bay take one this year behind Brady they probably won't be in a spot too but like i i i, I take back my point of teams wanting to if if you have a quarterback you're going to move back and be fine with it yeah but there's going to be so much Aggressive movement in this first round. That I, I agree. You said a, all six quarterbacks are going to go in the top sixteen because as of the draft the draft order right now, out of the top sixteen, Jets, Jags, Dallas question mark, Philly question mark, Atlanta question mark, Denver's a question mark. Washington needs one. Detroit might blow it up. They need one. Chicago needs one. San Francisco needs one, in my opinion. And then New England. I mean, everyone
0: hypothetically needs one, but like a lot of these teams too can look towards free agency, um, and like off season, off season trades and whatnot to answer those questions. Mm-hmm. I agree. Like ev- a lot of teams are in play every year. There's a ton of teams in play, um, and that does lead us into our last question here, our fifth question. Um, if you're a team like a San Francisco, and Indianapolis, a you know a New England. Someone like that, and your team needs a quarterback but won't be in a position to draft an elite prospect or can't move up for one. Would you rather trade for Sam Darnold or Carson Wentz this offseason? So I mean, Haskins is also there, but he I do not consider him in the same class as Sam Darnold or Carson Wentz. Um, so we'll start with Darnold and Wentz and it's tough. It really is tough. Um, but I think this comes down to the financial aspect of this. And I'm going to go Sam Darnold uh, for this reason. I agree. And the reason being his contract. In 2021, he's a free agent in 2023. So you'd have him for two years. And he'd be around a $10 million cap hit for 2021 and 2022. It gives you a year or two to see what you have at pretty low risk. It's not all-
1: yeah. his rookie deal.
0: Like, yeah, honestly, what down to. Honest, what deal. So it, it increases your margin of error uh, by a lot. Now, Wentz, on the other hand, you would have to pay him $48 million over the next two years, so 24 mm-hmm. a year, which, you know, he played terribly this year, but look, here's the thing. He has talent. We've seen it. It is there. Someone's got to pull it out of him. I believe he can be resurrected. And if you're a team, if you're San Francisco – with Kyle Shanahan, if you're New England with Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels, if you're Indianapolis with Frank Reich, who's the guy that led Carson Wentz to so much of his early success, you've got to take a long look at Wentz. Because if you can resurrect him, you've got, an MVP, you've got a guy that has played at an MVP level. And with all these quarterbacks now, 24 million a year is on the cheap. I mean, that is a bargain and a half. Um, But for most of these teams, I'd still lean Darnold, but I think Wentz deserves strong consideration. So my answer is Darnold for every reason you just said
1: and one more. Like, I don't – I don't even know if Philly can move Wentz after this year. He's not even their starting – he's not even their starting quarterback as of today. Obviously, somebody's going to want him, but – if they don't clean house, which is kind of up in the air right now between, you know, Peterson and, and the manager, and if they just wipe everything out and start anew. Because if they get rid of everybody, then why the hell is Carson Wentz still there? But there's so much money tied up to him that we're going to be talking about Carson Wentz as a Brock Osweiler situation, where not only do the Eagles have somewhere around negative – sixty million dollars in cap space is upcoming they're the second worst cap situation outside of the New Orleans Saints as of next year. But they're gonna have to give up a pick with him. It's not, oh, can we get a one back for Carson Wentz? Like you have to convince somebody to take him. I, I don't know I if that's don't, the case. I think because of the
0: money. I'm not saying he's been the bottom Drake three quarterback. He doesn't give up year. a second rounder for Carson Wentz straight up this offseason. You're telling me Carson Wentz wouldn't work on the Indianapolis Colts. I think that's a to Super give and, and that a, pick a for Super him. Bowl team with Carson Wentz on the Indianapolis Colts. Great not the Carson O-line. Wentz we've watched Great play this O-line, year. Young Weapons, Frank Reich, who coached Wentz in twenty seventeen when he should have led the Eagles to a Super Bowl. I'm telling you, that is something yeah, I Yeah, but here's the thing with Wentz. It's not just a plug and play. Everything is he's broken.
1: It's not, oh, thank God I'm an idiot now. All right, let's just fucking rip it. Like, I don't think it's a one-year fix. Um, he's 27. Sam Darnold is
0: 23 years old. No, I, I realize, I'm not saying he, he's going to, if he goes to Indianapolis in 2021, that he'll just magically pop back into 2017 form. But he, I, like, with a proper staff and a good situation. Look, the past two years, I know Wentz has gotten a lot worse, but. He has had okay, so one here, of the worst supporting cast in the league, and that is undeniable. I'm going to change this question
1: because I think if you're comparing these two, it's Sam Darnold.
0: But so here's my other question for you. Say.
1: Yeah. Okay. If you're the Indianapolis Colts, okay, I don't know what pick they have right now, but because they're going to be a playoff team, they're going to be a wild card call it, team. Call it twenty around there. Sure. The the, the 20th overall pick. Okay. Would you rather give up a second round pick and take on Carson Wentz's $38 million cap hit or 33, I think, whatever the number is next year. Yeah. At age 27. Take on the cap hit and give up a pick for him. Or if you're sitting at 20 and Kyle Trask or Mac Jones are on the board. Who would you rather have? Um, every other quarterback's gone. It's just Kyle Trask and Mac Jones. Oh, that's
0: easy. I take a very good prospect at twenty and add to and Chris Ballard adds to his already very good young roster. And I and I give up a second for Carson Wentz. That's no question in my mind. That's no question because I know the cap hit for next year is big and scary, but again, it's forty-eight over the next two years, twenty-four a year. If you look, this comes down to Frank Reich and Chris Ballard sitting down, and Chris Ballard saying, "This is one of the most aggressive front offices in football." No, yes, they they are, and I can totally see him doing it. It's like if Frank Reich believes he can fix Carson Wentz, this should be a no-brainer, no-brainer. I mean easily. You can't convince me it's not, but Frank Reich would know best of anybody.
1: Yeah, I mean I I find it hard to believe that Chris Ballard would do the wrong thing. So, you know, if if they end up trading for Carson West, then it's probably gonna work out. Because everything they've been doing in India has been working. Yeah. Um, and obviously Phil's expiring after this year, it's Kobe percent, whatever. And this did turn into an Indianapolis Colts question. It did.
0: Not a Darnold versus Wentz question. It did. But, I mean, but, again, you mentioned the draft. Six guys in the first round. There are a lot of guys that could be on the move in the off scene as well. Veterans, Darnold, Wentz, Jimmy G, maybe. So, I mean, we'll see. But it's going to be a crazy off season. I'm
1: taking Kyle Trask at 20 on a rookie deal over having to fix a 28-year-old Carson Wentz with a $34 million cap it. Probably
0: crazy. Mac Jones, I mean, probably not. But Kyle Trask, I am. Yeah. Like, it just – it really – like, that's fair. I understand that. It's just the biggest variable here is that – which is an unknown to us, obviously being a variable, is, like, your your chance at success in fixing Carson Wentz. Which, yeah, and obviously, if anyone's going to be able to do it well, it's, it's the Colts. And
1: as of today, I think Carson Wentz is on the Eagles next season. Just because of the financials. But they – I I don't know. They they have one of the worst situations in football right now out of every team, and I don't think it's very close.
0: Yeah, they do. All right, well, those were some good questions. A uh, lot of storylines coming up here at the end of this year that will continue to develop into this off offseason. Um, now just to conclude this episode, we'll just – you know, it's going to be a great week of football, as you mentioned. It wasn't really on my radar, but we got a lot of good – Match between playoff teams coming up um, and mm-hmm. about that.
1: Yeah. So, it's not only a crazy football week, but it's the first week of fantasy playoffs. So, good luck to all of our loyal listeners. Hope you guys made the playoffs. But just from a football perspective, starting off this week, Thursday night, Rams-Patriots-Super Bowl rematch. Probably going to be gross and low scoring, but it's going to be a good game regardless. Um, I don't know if you want to touch on that
0: or not, but um the other I mean, yeah, like it's just it's gonna be a close game, I think. Um I mean Belichick against McVeigh, I mean, if you love watching, you know, well you know, well played <laughs> football. Like I know there's not a the Pads don't have a ton of star power and you know the Rams don't really either. Both teams play kind of boring, but
1: yeah, it might be ten to three wanna, Super Bowl. Yeah,
0: if you just wanna like sit down and just observe football then that's about as good as you'll get from that standpoint um Mm -hmm. i just look the pads looked great last week a lot of that was the chargers too um i just think with their inability to throw the ball there's the week-to-week consistency is is, isn't going to be there with them because they have to play the game on their terms um so i think the rams win probably you know i can see like 20 to 13 uh something along those lines
1: yeah, and then just just the regular slater games. I mean, I think Tampa Bay versus Minnesota is going to be a good game. Minnesota is one of the hottest teams in football right now, after starting terribly. Buccaneers. Cardinals Giants.
0: Cardinals. Giants, which got moved. My lock of the week: the Tampa Bay Buccaneers wipe the turf with the Minnesota Vikings. That I mean, they could, but they could also lose forty to zero because they're the Bucs. right. Right <laughs> that in stone. All right, we'll wipe the turf with the Minnesota we'll Vikings. We'll remember that for next week. But, Vikings still I mean, still frauds. I don't care about their little win streak. Coming off a bye. Really talented good. team coming off a bye. Veteran team, luck out. It's going to be ugly.
1: And then Cards, Giants, Chiefs, Dolphins. Raiders. I mean, Colts. Colts, Colts, Raiders. Saints, Eagles is not going to be a good game. But Falcons, Chargers is – If I had to bet one time in my life for a game to end up in a tie, you know, at at this point, it probably won't. We'll probably just get killed by the Falcons. Um, But that game might never end. It's a young Hoku revenge game, so that's something to watch. (laughs) And then Sunday night football, Steelers-Bills into Monday night Ravens-Browns.
0: Yeah, this is – wow. Like yeah, the whole week depends on. Really, comes down to like, are the primetime games elite? They are elite this week. Thursday, mm-hmm. Sunday, Monday. It's all
1: playoff three. implications. Three for
0: three, yep, we're getting to that time of year now where, you know, every you know all these scenarios. It's clinching week. To, yeah, it's starting to. All the scenarios are starting to whittle down. I mean, you're very aware of you know all these teams that aren't necessarily your teams, um, but you're you're just very aware of all of these storylines. Um, so it should be a great week in that sense um so we got a few more uh from the everyday scouts perspective we got a few more regular season episodes here one of them uh or we'll do a mock draft 2.0 after the regular season concludes mm-hmm. once once team. we know the, the draft order is set obviously not the playoff
1: teams but the yeah. non-playoff teams the order will be set
0: yep uh, so we'll do a mock draft then 2.0 um, and a few more in the off season. Um, so yeah, we're we're uh, it's been a good year so far, and uh, hopefully we can uh, keep it going through the playoffs and keep Covid under control in that sense. Um, so we'll be back next week uh, with another episode, but until then, thank you for listening to episode twenty three.
1: See you guys.